Hey everybody, welcome back to Casa Walsh, a Beverly Hills 90210 podcast. My name is Sam, and on today's episode, we're actually going to be doing three different episodes. So the first one is season two, episode 23 called Cardio Funk. And initially, I was actually supposed to speak to Hank Stratton, who appeared in this episode as Tim Matthews. And unfortunately, due to some, um, you know, scheduling conflicts, we weren't able to do it. So that's why I'm tacking it on with the other two episodes, which are going to be season two, episode 24, called The Pit and the Pendulum. And then we're finishing up with season two, episode 25, called Meeting Mr. Pony. So the episode starts out and we're at the peach pit and we see Brandon, Nat, and Jim and they're bringing them some karaoke machines as Jim thinks this is going to bring in some new clients and bring, you know, some uh, new things that are fun into the peach pit and seems like Nat's game for any ideas that he has. We then see Kelly and Brenda are at some aerobics workout class and they're laughing at this guy who seems to kind of be all over the place. He doesn't seem to know what he's doing, Um, but you could tell that he definitely has eyes for Brenda a little bit. He introduces himself and his name is Tim Matthews. He's pre-med at UCLA and he asks Brenda out on a date. And finally, after they're talking for a little bit, she tells him that she has a boyfriend, but he seems to not really care and still thinks, you know, maybe they could uh, go out sometimes. And he says he hopes to see her again at class later that Sunday. And you see Kelly's kind of annoyed that Brenda was flirting with him. I think, you know, from Kelly's perspective, she's a little jealous that Brenda already has a boyfriend and she's still flirting with some guy. We then see Dylan at an AA meeting. And uh, there's this girl, Sarah, on stage speaking, you know, doing the whole like, my name is Sarah, I'm an alcoholic. And he mentions to his sponsor, Ben, who's sitting next to him, that he definitely recognizes this girl from somewhere and he thinks he knows her. Um, Ben says that she's a first timer, so he doesn't know how he would know her. But then Dylan realizes that it is this girl, Sarah, that he met. Uh, previously, she was hanging out with a bunch of surfers. They called her Surf Betty. We talked about her on that episode. Uh, it was early, I think, in season one. Um, but yeah, so Dylan introduces himself to her, remembering that they met. And um, he invites her to go surfing the next day because he knows that she's a surfer. Then we are back at the Peach Pit and Brandon and Nat are setting up the karaoke machine. When Dylan stops by, he tells Brandon that he ran into Sarah And, you know, Brandon's like, oh, that's great. How's she doing? Stuff like that. Um, Then he goes over to the Walsh house afterwards and he shows Brenda that he has a 90-day chip. So he hasn't drank in 90 days. And I guess that's, um, you know, that's a big deal for him. So he's happy he's showing her um, that he's been sober and stuff. Um, And then he tells her that he wants her to come to a meeting with him. She seems excited about it, and he says it's Sunday night, which was when she was supposed to go back to the aerobics class, but she decides to obviously go with Dylan to um, his AA meeting instead. So then in the morning, we see Dylan meets up with Sarah to go surfing, and they talk about kind of drinking, and you can see she's definitely flirting with him a little bit, and he's allowing it, so it's a little bit... um, you know, it's PG at this point, but the, you know, he still, he hasn't told her he has a girlfriend. 
Um, she invites him to go to the movies, but he just says he has plans. So he's not telling her about Brenda or anything like that. And she knows who Brenda is because Brenda and Brandon did uh, help her when she had her incident previously last year. Um, so then the uh, Walshes are talking about karaoke night at the Peach Pit uh, when Tim Matthews calls the house. It, apparently, he um, he looked up Brenda's phone number in the phone book or something like that because she didn't give him his number, but he called. Um, she's definitely flirting with him on the phone a little bit. Um, and you see everyone, the family is kind of confused by it, but they... They let it go a little bit. Or she's not really divulging any information to them. Then we see everybody's at the Peach Pit for karaoke night. Um, everybody is singing the same song, which I don't understand. It's um, Do A Diddy. Um, but it's like you see different clips of everybody singing, and it's all the same song. I don't really understand why. Because <laughs> usually at karaoke, the point is to sing different songs. But that seems maybe the only song on that uh, karaoke machine. Then we are back at Dylan's house and Brenda and Dylan are making out and she says he has a message on his answering machine. So she plays it and it's Sarah and she's saying that she's basically having a hard time and that she wants to take a drink and Brenda says it's okay. He could drive her home and um, go help Sarah because she knows that, that it's important for him to be helpful for other people that are in the, uh, the program. So Dylan goes over to Sarah's apartment and she's scared because her ex-boyfriend is there and he's drunk on the couch. Uh, and then finally the boyfriend leaves after she's saying, you know, she kind of kicks him out and she said that she's scared to be alone and she doesn't want Dylan to leave. So he ends up sleeping on the couch. I mean, a little bit of a no-no, but whatever. So he sleeps on the couch and in the morning she kisses him. She's interested in him and he says it's not a good idea. He's talking about steps. And then finally, finally, after all this, he tells her that he has a girlfriend. Um, then we see uh, Kelly and Brenda are jogging. And she's telling Kelly that she knows that Sarah's the girl that almost drowned from last year. Um, and she heard it from Brandon, but she wants to hear it from Dylan. She doesn't know why Dylan hasn't told her. And Kelly reminds her that, well, it's kind of the same thing because have you told him about Tim? So she kind of realizes, well, maybe it's kind of similar. Then we're back at this aerobics class. And I also don't think Brenda and Kelly or anyone goes to aerobics classes other than this episode, but I'll keep an eye on that. But anyways, um, they're she Kelly's at aerobics class and Tim is there and they start talking um he's kind of wondering where Brenda is uh or he's not wondering where Brenda is because she told him that she wasn't going so Kelly's like oh you spoke to her kind of thing um then we know uh, Brenda comes with um Dylan to his AA meeting she kind of meets his friend or his sponsor Ben and Ben says uh, to Dylan that he's worried about Sarah because she never showed up to um, the AE meeting. So they're kind of concerned maybe she started drinking, something along those lines. Then we're back at the Peach Pit and um, this karaoke thing seems to be popular. Uh, Jim and Cindy come in again. Um, Jim comes to sing again. <laughs> um, he's really into it, clearly. Uh, and then Kelly shows up with Tim 
because he wants to see Brenda, who shows up with Dylan. So we have a little bit of our uh, triangle there. Uh, Tim asks Brenda to sing with him. They're singing Wild Thing. Uh, Dylan is not amused, clearly. Um, And I think he's more also sidetracked about Sarah not going to AA and being concerned that she didn't drink. So he's he's calling her um, from the payphone at the Peach Pit while Tim and Brenda are singing. And then um, he tells her that he needs to go check on her and he leaves. Uh, then at Sarah's, he shows up and she's drunk, unfortunately. Um, she's there with her boyfriend, Doug. And um, Dylan is kind of disappointed that the boyfriend let her drink. They kind of get into a fight. The boyfriend is drunk also. He takes a swing at Dylan and then Dylan punches him and knocks him out kind of. And then Sarah asks Dylan to leave because she's obviously drunk and taking her boyfriend's side. Then we are outside the Walsh house. Um, So because Dylan left, him gave Brenda a ride home and they're kind of just talking, but then they kiss and she pulls back and she says she can't. And he basically was like, well, he just left you standing there. And he tells her he likes her. He's interested in Brenda. Um, And I think she's concerned because I think she likes him. She tells Brandon the next morning that she kissed him. Um, He thinks it's just a kiss. It's not a big deal. But she, she is thinking maybe she has feelings for him. She doesn't know what to do. Then we're back at the peach pit, and now the gang, everybody's complaining about the karaoke machine because it seems like the clientele that are coming in to sing, it seems like it's an older um, an older crew, and Steve's like, we need to get rid of it. Um, everyone tells Nat, uh, tells Brandon he needs to tell Nat, and Nat <laughs> is kind of happy. He's he's okay with it. Um, he realizes what's going on. He said, I'm not really the one that needs the news to be uh, broken to it more. More is uh, Jim because it seems Jim's mostly interested in the karaoke uh, stuff. So then we're back at aerobics class. Brenda goes there. Tim's there. And she tells him that she doesn't think that they should see each other. He's kind of bummed but understands. And then it's kind of funny. He goes over to Kelly and was like, well, do you have a boyfriend? And she says no. And then they have this kind of cute little moment at the end. But obviously, um, you know, like most uh, romances on the show, they're usually one and done because obviously we don't see Tim again after this episode. And then, um, you know, we end up we're with uh, Brenda and Dylan at the house. Um, they're at his house and they're talking about um, you know, kind of what had happened with them, with uh, Sarah and with Tim. And um, they are honest with each other about everything. But it's, you know, they're young. It's in high school. They said that they think they're going to be okay, um, which could be, you know, sign of things to come. But we'll get there when we get there. Um, and then the end of the episode, we are uh, at the Walsh's, Jim is listening to music in his headphones, singing Wild Thing, because apparently, you know, there's two songs that are only um, available for this karaoke machine. But he's singing it, playing uh, the keyboard with Cindy and Brandon watching on before Brandon has to break the news to him that the karaoke um, machine is going away from the peach pit. So now for the uh, fun facts and tidbits for the episode. So um, obviously uh, we saw Sarah previously in an early episode uh, called The Green Room, which was 
one of the first episodes of the series last year. This is her second appearance, but we do not see her again after this. Um, Dylan's sponsor, Ben, is played by a guy named John Densmore. Densmore. And um, he is the drummer for The Doors, actually. So he was a big-time musician then, which was kind of cool that he appeared. And the only other thing um, I wanted to mention is Doug, who was Sarah's boyfriend. His name, the actor's name is Tylus Welliver. And um, I was like, why does this guy look so familiar to me? He's obviously much younger, but if you were a Lost fan, he was the Man in Black, um, which is pretty cool. So, um, you know, he's still acting. Uh, well, I mean, even though Lost ended a few years ago, but um, I thought that was pretty pretty cool that we um, that he was uh, on this episode of Nine Hundred Two and And that's it for the uh, fun facts and tidbits. <laughs> So the episode starts out and we see Dylan, Steve, and Brandon kind of messing around at the peach pit after they're closed. I guess um, if your friend works at a restaurant, you can just hang out there when the restaurant's not closed. Um, I don't know. Especially, he's just a waiter, but whatever. Uh, So they're kind of messing around. Nat seems a bit kind of down. He's upset about something. Um, Apparently, business has not been going well. Brandon asks Nat if he thinks that he needs to find a new job. And he says, you know, he's he's fine, but he's really nervous more about uh, Willie, who is a cook there. We've seen him in the background. Um, I think he's kind of there for the duration of the show. Um, but yeah, Willie is kind of this little side character. I guess he's he's in a way maybe like Gunther on Friends. I mean, I don't think he has much as much lines as Gunther, but Willie's kind of just always there um, working at the Peach Pit. Then uh, we are at the Walsh house, and I don't know why, but they just like have meetings at their home on the regular. They... They're just like, people are always at their house for these multiple meetings, regardless of what it is. But this meeting is because Jim has a new client who um, wants to talk to Brenda and the girls about this new shopping mall that they're planning on building in town. And they want kind of a kid's uh, perspective. So they're going to be helping out, um, hand out questionnaires and stuff. And then Brandon is introduced to this girl named Marcy, who is running this kind of project um, because she, uh, her dad owns the company, so she works for him. Um, and then you can tell she kind of has a little crush on Brandon because who doesn't? Everybody does. Um, but it's it's kind of, you know, no matter what the age of the girl is, because Marcy's older, they love Brandon. When I was like in high school or when I was in college, I guess, because I think she's in college and working for her dad at the same time, I never like looked at a high school boy and would be remotely interested in him in any way, shape, or form, regardless of what he looked like. Maybe if he looked like Brandon, I don't know. I would have to think about that. But anyways, um, so then at school, Brandon asks Andrea to take the survey, survey, and she's arguing about it. She's saying like she has some environmental issues. You know how Andrea is. Um, but you know that's her kind of fighting with Brandon about the small. And then Marcy shows up at the high school and is talking to Brenda, Dylan, and Kelly about the questionnaire. And she she invites them all to some joint sorority fraternity party that she's having. Um, and then 
uh, Brenda says, should I bring Brandon? And Marcy's like, I'm, I'm bringing him. So, uh, she's a college girl who likes Brandon. Um, and then she tells him that she's interested in, um, architecture and maybe taking over her dad's or working for her dad at some point because, um, you know, I guess he runs some development, um, company or something like that, which, Brings me to, I don't understand what Jim Walsh's job is. It's very confusing to me. He, in some aspects, I thought he was just an accountant, um, but then he now manages Dylan's money. Like his mom set up a trust for him, so he manages Dylan's money, and then he's involved in this um, construction of this mall. I, I don't, I don't really get it. Like I would get it if they said he worked in like finance more, but it, he was an accountant, I thought. And like my brother-in-law is an accountant and he has clients and stuff, but he's not hosting big meetings for, you know, development companies at their house, but whatever um then you know nat's back at the peach pit and kind of reminiscing about the gold all days uh brandon comes in to see willie is still working there so even though nat implied that he would have to let him go he obviously uh he obviously didn't do that because um he's a good guy nat and i think you know he'd rather take the hit than fire willie because he knows that willie has a family and stuff like that to uh take care of so um, then we are seeing this architectural rendering of these plans for the mall. They're seeing this like kind of 3D, um, you know, video of it. And then they have this model um, that everyone's looking for the mall. And Kelly, Brenda, Brandon, Jim are kind of all talking about it, pointing out things that they suggested, stuff like that. And then... Brandon, you can see on his face, he notices something on the plans that kind of confuse him and he pulls his dad away saying that he didn't realize the location of the plan and his dad's like, we'll talk about it at home um, because what Brandon says is the location would affect the peach pit and he realizes that the plan for this mall would be to, in fact, um, get rid of the peach pit. So then when they get home, they're arguing about it um Brandon thinks kind of Jim knew about this didn't tell him um he's very concerned how this is going to affect the peach pit and I think it's primarily because of Nat and how he feels about Nat um in that way Jim asks him not to tell Matt Nat because he's trying to figure out some stuff first I think Jim is trying not to save the peach pit and its location but I think he wants to kind of see what they could do for Nat, maybe move it, something like that. But so he doesn't want him telling him anything yet. Um, And then you see Brenda's very quick to take her dad's side, which bothers me more because I think nine times out of 10, I think Jim is very hard on Brenda and like favors Brandon. And like Brandon's kind of being a jerk to him and Brenda's all about on her dad's side. So... Um, just wanted to note that. Um, but yeah, Brandon is clearly really, really upset about, um, this whole, uh, this whole thing for the, uh, the peach pit. 
So then um, the whole gang shows up to this uh, fraternity sorority party. And uh, I think Andre and David are the only ones not there. I'm not sure really why David didn't go because Donna's there and they're dating. But he's not there. Um, And apparently before they were all supposed to wear blue. Um, Brandon shows up wearing red. So Marcy calls him a rebel. Um, This doesn't seem like a really cool fraternity. The guy is weird. um, But... um, yeah uh steve and kelly are dancing they're talking about college he says maybe he'll join a frat there if he goes to the school i don't i think it's ucla none of them go to ucla but um they all uh and steve definitely though it's funny he's like maybe i'll join this frat steve is a uh actually that's a that's a error i i just realized steve said maybe i'll join this frat and then (laughs) when they go to college he has to join another frat because Steve, let's be realistic, is totally a frat boy, uh, because he has legacy, because his dad was in that frat where he goes to college. So that was a little error, because Steve, at that point, being a junior in high school, would know what frat his brother or his dad was in and what frat that he has a legacy at at that school. But anyways, they're talking about that. Uh, Brandon kind of jokes that he thinks he's in love because Marcy says she doesn't dance. So that's funny. Um, so the non-dance thing has taken, uh, you know, life of its own now. It's, it's full force. And, um, Brendan Dillon are talking about college and Dylan says that he basically has no interest in going to college. Um, so, we kind of start a little something there because they're going to be seniors next year. And obviously, um, senior year, you talk a lot about college. So, um, then Brandon and Marcy go upstairs. They're kind of making out a bit. She tells, um, him that her dad's going to like him. And he's like, are you offering me a job? I'm confused by this because he's a high school junior. So what job is he being offered? Because, when you're in high school, really, like, are you working at architectural firms or development firms or you're just working at the Peach Pit at a burger joint? I mean, everyone I know at high school had, I mean, I had one. I worked parties at my father's catering hall on weekends and stuff, um, you know, as a waitress or serving drinks as a hostess. Um you know, that's what high school kids do. I knew kids that delivered pizza, high school jobs, not working at a development company. But um, he then takes Marcy to the Peach Pit. He makes her a mega burger. Nat tells Marcy that Marilyn Monroe is the one who uh, thought of adding Swiss. So I don't know why he called it the mega burger. He should have called it the uh, Monroe burger maybe because if she uh created it but you know they're just talking about the history of this place and you know all the celebrities back in the day that used to go there um and when Nat walked away Marcy was like you know kind of saying wow what cool you know how cool that is and he says yeah it's too bad enjoy it while it lasts because they're tearing it down and she's like oh why and he said because of the mall um and then she realizes he kind of brought her there to make her feel bad which he did and obviously i mean marcy 
being that she was questioning why they're tearing it down, she didn't know the location. She's not doing anything wrong, really. And she says that she's sorry to hear about this, but she really can't do anything about it. She, you know, it's her father's doing. Um, and she's not wrong necessarily. And I do understand Brandon's logic, but I think, you know, he's being a little, I think he's being a little bit of a jerk this episode. So then the next day, Brandon and Nat are talking, and I guess Nat found out about this mall. Um, So they were doing some kind of town hall meeting. Brandon tells him to fight, go to the meeting, talk about it. But he doesn't want to go. I think he's kind of defeated at this point. And uh, so Brandon Brandon goes to the meeting. Um, His dad's there with, uh, he meets Dixon St. Clair, who is Marcy's dad, who's the head of this uh, company. Um, and Dixon is kind of talking about the, uh, about the mall, what they're going to do. And Brandon just kind of, uh, speaks his mind and just, um, you know, talks about how wrong he is, you know, to do this. He's definitely a bit hostile. Um, and they, uh, you know, he talks about sticking up for the little guy and you can see like Jim is completely embarrassed. Um, and then uh, at school the next day, Brandon sees everybody. Um, they're in the Blaze office, and they all have these uh, signs about saving the peach pit. And they said they didn't realize that this mall would, in fact, you know, get rid of the peach pit. So he, uh, you know, he's happy to see that they all feel like the peach pit is more important. Brenda pulls him aside because she's a little bit upset uh, with Brandon because she said that she, regardless of anything, she has to take her dad's side, which she's not wrong. Um, And, uh, you know, Brandon's like, you know what, I'll fix this because she tells him that Brandon, uh, that Jim's getting blamed for this. Uh, Brandon's outburst. So Brandon goes to the development office. I guess he's going to go apologize for his father's behalf or that, you know, his father had nothing to do with his actions. He kind of runs into Marcy. They're arguing again about this. Um, and then um, at the Peach Pit, Brandon expected everyone to be there kind of with their signs for Save the Peach Pit. But Nat tells him that he sent them all home. Um, basically, he says they made him an offer that he couldn't refuse. And Brandon's upset with Nat for not fighting to save the Peach Pit. Um, you know, because he talked about, you know, the history and all that stuff. So... Then at home, Brandon, again, is mad at Jim. He's, I mean, it's like really, it's too much, like why he's getting so mad at his father about this. But he um, he then, uh, you know, he's also upset with Nat for um, taking the deal. So Jim is at the peach pit. He's picking up some pie. Nat, being Nat, says it's on the house, which is very nice to Jim. Um and then Nat said he's upset that, you know, he's like at least one Walsh is not mad at me about, you know, talking. He knows that Brandon's uh, mad at him. But then Nat asks um, uh, asks Jim to kind of look over the papers he got uh, for the deal from the St. Clair people. And you kind of see Jim is really surprised when he sees what they offered him. He goes to the payphone and calls them to kind of say, you guys completely lowballed him. And the guy that Jim was working with was like, well, he just took the first offer we gave him. What do you expect? But, you know, haven't you checked your messages? It's mood at this point. Um, So then when we go, we're back at the Walsh house, Brandon's coming home and Brenda says uh, that 
the deal fell through. It's not happening. They didn't have the money for them all. Um, so Brandon's happy, but you could see, you know, she's, he's feels bad for his dad. Um, and then they kind of have a talk about it. Um, and then Nat and Brandon are talking about it. Um, and you know, Jim's bummed, but, um, you know, he just kind of, uh, or I guess he didn't tell Nat yet. I got that wrong. He's uh, Jim and him are talking about it, and they said that Nat doesn't know that the deal fell through yet. So um, then Brandon shows up at the Peach Pit to give him the good news. Uh, it's funny. So, like, the Peach Pit's closed. I don't know why. I don't know what time of day it is, but it's closed. I don't know why you'd be closed, because even if this mall was happening, it's not happening that day. Brandon shows up tells him the good news and then he's like come on everybody and then everybody shows up at the peach pit he's like Willie fire up that grill and um all these random other people come in so just immediately they went from zero to about like 25 customers it was very bizarre but anyways the peach pit is saved and that is how the episode ends so now for the fun facts and tidbits for this episode. Um, so I didn't mes- me- uh, mention this um, earlier, but Nat says that the Peach Bit has been around for about 20 years. So that would be since 1972 because um, this episode aired in 1992. So uh, 1972 is when the Peach Pit would be open. But then he's telling Marcy that they had all the celebrities there. He mentioned the Marilyn Monroe thing, and she died in 1962. So um, that was a little bit of a weird thing. But then he also said that his dad ran the Peach Pit before him. So... I don't know if this is some weird continuity error, but he's implying that the Peach Pit was around since 72, if it was 20 years. Um, If his dad ran it before him, that's a different story. But um, he did not say that it was open for 20 years, though, before he ran it. Um, And like I said, Marilyn Monroe died in 1962, so she could not have kind of said add Swiss to the Mega Burger if she wasn't around then but anyways um so that was I thought you know kind of interesting tidbit I noticed um and then um so Dixon St. Clair was played by uh an actor named John Engel um he was apparently Charles Rosin who is one of the executive producers of the show of 90210 he was his high school drama teacher uh which I found was interesting now I recognize John Engel um, from General Hospital. Um, that's one of my, uh, that's probably the show that I've watched longest than anyone. Um, but yeah, he was, uh, a main character on, uh, General Hospital for many years. So it was funny. And I definitely recognized him from this. I think unfortunately uh, he died a few years ago, but, um, yeah, that's it for, uh, the fun facts and tidbits, uh, for this episode. Um, next up, We've got season two, episode 25, called Meeting Mr. Pony. And this episode premiered on April 2nd, 1992. So I actually have like a memory of this episode for the first time. So I was definitely like watching the show at this point. 
um, when it was on like live because I think at the time the show was on Thursdays. I know it later changed to Wednesdays at some point, but I think it was on Thursdays. And I remember we were, I was out to dinner with my parents or something like that. And I was freaking out that there was a possibility that we were going to miss the beginning or I was going to miss some of it because we didn't record it. Back then it was like you didn't have a DVR. You'd have to actually like put in a VHS tape and set a timer. It was like actually like a long process to do. We didn't do it. So I was, I was freaking out. And I remember we got home at probably like 802 and I ran into um, our living room and threw on the TV and watched, uh, started it a few minutes late. So it's funny that for whatever reason, this stood out because I guess, you know, it's a it's a important type of uh, episode. But anyways, getting into the episode. So the show starts off and uh, Brandon and Dylan are studying at the Walsh house they're obviously preoccupied with each other because they keep making out. Um, and then, did I say Brandon and Dylan? Brandon Dylan, um, clearly. And they're, uh, yeah, they're just kind of making out and they think that they should go to a public place because midterms are coming up and they need to actually study and they can't do it when they're just laying on the couch. So they go to the peach pit. Um, Steve is wearing a vest uh, and he's with Andrea. They're both studying. David and Donner at a different table studying. And it seems for whatever reason, people don't go to the library. They choose to go to the Peach Pit to study because that seems like a normal place to study for midterms, especially when you're in a restaurant and there's a jukebox and music's playing. So whatever. But um, at the end of the night, uh, it seems Steve... And Andrea are the only one left besides Brandon, uh, Dylan, and Brenda. Uh, so Stephen, I guess Steve's going to give um, Andrea a ride home. And uh, Brandon asks Dylan to help them with the recycle. That way they can kind of uh, close the place up. And so Brenda's left in there. She's at one of the tables and she's studying. And she hears kind of like the, they have a bell on the door. Uh, to the peach bed so when she hears the bell so she gets nervous for a second it scared her because she didn't think anyone would be coming in and it was just Andrea because she said Steve forgot his cliff notes um, so she leaves and then a second later you hear that uh, bell again and before she turns around she you know thinks it's Andrea she's like what else did you forget she sees it's a guy with a he has like a shotgun um so he's there to rob the place and he tells her to open the register and put money on the bag um she's obviously freaking out she's scared um and the <laughs> the guys are messing around in the back sorry if i cough again i have this I've mentioned this before. I have this weird chronic cough, so it's back again. So I apologize if you hear me coughing. But anyways, so the guys are in the back messing around while she's freaking out, putting money in the bag for the guy. He uh, tells her to get on the ground. And uh, so she's got her back to him and he basically starts telling her to counting and um she starts counting, he leaves, and when um, the guys come back in, they see that, you know, the place is kind of messed up, and she's on the floor and scared. So then, um, you know, afterwards, the um, there's a detective, uh, I guess they called the cops, 
he's interviewing Brenda about what had happened. Um, the Jim and Cindy come to take her home. Um, they're obviously scared about what happened also. And, um, Dylan mentions they were going to go leave. Dylan mentions that he grabs Brenda's, uh, looking for Brenda's purse, but her purse isn't there. So they're nervous that he has all of her, um, you know, stuff. So at the, back at the house, Cindy says, don't worry, we're going to change the locks. Um, and then she, she tells Brenda at first, I mean, it seems kind of weird, but she says to Brenda that this reminds her of Mr. Pony. Uh, Mr. Pony is a horse that used, she used to ride, uh, until she got stung by a bee and fell off. And she said she wouldn't ride again. And Jim got her a toy horse, uh, that she calls Mr. Pony. Um, it's like a stuffed animal and gave her some pep talk. And then she got back on the horse again. So it was just kind of a metaphor for, you know, this bad thing happened, but you know, like, it's like, you'll, you're going to go to the peach pit again, I guess. I don't, I really don't know what the, that message is, but I guess that's, you know, kind of telling her to, she can handle it, what happened. So then, um, before bed, Cindy comes, I guess she found Mr. Pony somewhere. I guess Brenda didn't have it in her room, but, um, Cindy gives her Mr. Pony and that night, (laughs) just so she can have, you know, I guess, uh, him to sleep with, you could see that she's having kind of a bit of a restless night. She had trouble sleeping and she's having a nightmare about the, um, the robbery. So she's putting on a front, it seems a little bit, um, that she's doing better, but she's really, um, just obviously not, um, doing as well as you'd think. Um, in the morning, she's super, uh, upbeat and acting, you know, just kind of acting like this is no big deal. And then at school, she's talking to Steve and Donna and they're like, oh my God, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, totally fine. No big deal. Um, you know, she sees Dylan at his locker and she goes up behind him and pretends she's got a gun in his back. And he's like, whoa, you scared me. And then she's like, it's not loaded, like making a stupid joke about it. Just trying to completely act like um, she is fine. And then when she kisses Dylan, she has another memory of the um, the robbery. So, uh, later she's in class and she's taking a test and she keeps hearing, I guess, like the bell from the school bell, uh, is making her think of the bell on the door. So she keeps thinking about it. Um, Andrea comes in and tells her, uh, I guess they were lab partners or whatever, cause they're sitting right next to each other. Um, at the same desk, so it was like those bigger desks, and um, I guess Andrea went to the police to make a statement because Andrea thinks, uh, you know, she left the peach pit seconds before this guy came in, so it's possible that she um, she saw him. So she's telling Brenda about what she told the cops and just she's super into it because that's just Andrea. And then Brenda kind of gets upset and snaps at her because she said she's trying to forget about it, but everyone keeps bringing it up to her. And, you know, how could she do that if they keep talking about it? So she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Um, And then um, Andrea goes to Brandon and tells him that she's a little worried about Brenda because... 
um, you know, he thinks, she thinks that she's kind of acting fine, but she's really not handling it well. And then um, Brandon goes to tell Brenda that she's like, no, no, I'm totally fine. But then obviously she has another nightmare about um, the robbery. So the next morning uh, in her room, Brandon and Cindy are talking to Jim about how she's acting weird. They go into a room and her room is crazy it's like messy and she just says she's like cleaning it out so they kind of realize maybe you know maybe something's not right Jim tells her hey you got midterms you should probably get to school um and then she gets to school uh she's about to take this one of her midterms and again has another nightmare and then just starts she screams for you know this is the first time I guess one of these nightmares she had a actual reaction uh she screams and runs out of class Dylan goes running after her and she's crying and she just basically tells him that she doesn't really know what's going on with her uh so she's struggling with it and finally acknowledging it so then after school we see that she's laying in bed and she's really upset about this and Jim and Cindy tell her that they don't want her to pretend that she's okay when she's really not. Uh, she should be honest about what she's feeling. And they're super understanding and they think that maybe it'd be best <coughs> if she speaks to a therapist. So um, she goes to, I guess they find a therapist for her. And she goes to speak to her and this woman's telling her to, I mean, find a safe space and she's talking about Mr. Pony, I guess, riding the, the horse. I guess the horse was Mr. Pony, and then she named the doll Mr. Pony. And I don't know. But anyway, she's telling the therapist about Mr. Pony, and she's in her safe space, but then she kind of freaks out again, and the therapist kind of talks her through it. Um, so she goes home afterwards, and the whole gang is waiting for her. They're pretending they're playing Scrabble, that they were just there. But she realizes that they were just really there to check on her. And they just said that they were worried about her because, you know, she's their friend and she went through a traumatic experience. Um, so then the police call uh, saying that they wanted her to look up a lineup. They think they have a uh, person in custody that uh, did the robbery and... She really doesn't want to do it. She's nervous. I think she's scared to see the guy. And they finally convince her to do it. And they go down to the police station. And they tell her, you can see them. They cannot see you. Don't worry. So you see the guys line up. And um, she picks the guy. It's 100% the guy. She's 100% sure. And then afterwards, the cop, uh, you know... She asks basically like who he is, what's the deal with him, and the cop says, oh, he's just some strung out teenager, and then makes her sad to find out that he's just kind of like her age, and he just um, has, you know, a drug problem, clearly, that he was looking for some money, but, um, you know, that's pretty much, uh, you know, it, I, I, it's funny, like, she goes to therapy for this, and it's like, after she catches the guy, she's completely fine, she doesn't have any, I mean, I guess maybe it's like the fear of him coming back, but, um, 
She's completely fine. I don't think she goes to therapy ever again. It seems like it's resolved very quickly for her because I don't think she, this is really mentioned ever again, maybe once, maybe twice. But um, it's funny. She seems really, uh, so when she was putting up a good front, I mean, I guess she was doing better than, you know, it appeared because she's completely fine now. And the, uh, you know, the peach, they end up at the, the end of the episode, they go to the peach pit to make, uh, to meet up with everybody, the whole gang's there and she's all happy. So, um, it was, uh, all good, I guess, in the end. And that's, that's pretty much it for, uh, for this episode. So um, now for the fun facts and tidbits. So the the detective guy looked kind of familiar to me. I couldn't figure out like where I knew him from um, other than this. And his name is Richard Gant and his IMDb is insane. This man works a lot and has worked a lot. Um, He's done a lot of TV work. I was thinking looking back um, I mentioned I've, I've watched General Hospital forever and he did like a nice kind of run on General Hospital. So I was thinking it was that, but going back, uh, even further, it was definitely from, uh, Rocky five, which is the worst Rocky movie of all the Rocky movies. He played this guy who was like, um, a promoter, a boxing promoter. And he was definitely supposed to be like emulated from, um, I think his name was like Don King. He had like crazy hair um, and he was, uh, I think he was like Mike Tyson's promoter. So anyways, he played this like promoter guy and I always remember uh, at the end of the movie, he uh, he's nervous that Rocky's gonna, Rocky's gonna hit him or something and he's always like, touch me and I'll sue, touch me and I'll sue and then Rocky punches him and he says, so sue me. Um, but <laughs> I guess that's it. But uh, it was funny, I you know, he looked familiar uh, to me. And then also the robber, who doesn't have a name, I guess he's just the robber, um, is an actor named David Kriegel. And he appeared on Saved by the Bell as uh, a completely different character. He, um, it was like when it was senior cut day or something and Jesse and some guy are caring about the environment and just like the foam cup and how awful it is for the environment. Uh, his name was Graham, and he and uh, Jesse had a little bit of a thing um, on Save the Bell. So he, uh, I knew him from that as well. Um, but yeah, that's it for uh, for this episode. The next episode is a is a good one. It's uh, season two, episode twenty six, called "Things to Do on a Rainy Day." And I will, uh, I'll see you next time.